Hello and welcome to episode 19 of Brave and Boss the podcast. This one is all about human resources, HR baby, when and how to expand your team. So let's go. Welcome to Brave and Boss, a podcast for the purpose-driven founder who wants to grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. I'm the CEO and founder of the Ethical Fashion Line Encircled, a conscious business coach and passionate about helping you break through your limits and build a brand that matters. Let's do this. Hey, welcome back to Brave and Boss, the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know you have a lot of choices when it comes to podcasts, so I really appreciate your support. And I truly hope that I'm adding some value to your business life and helping you grow and scale your purpose-driven e-commerce business. Now, this episode that we're going to talk about, this is episode 19, and it's called When and How to Expand Your Team. A lot of questions I get from um, coaching clients and when I do mentoring and Marie Forleo's program is all about how do I scale my business? A lot of women that I've worked with, um, you know, they maybe start off in e-commerce and start selling something on Etsy. And then as it starts to scale, they really want to become financially independent and, you know, work for themselves full time and get rid of their day job. Um, as well, you know, kind of once they do that, they realize that they can't really do this business alone. So you hit a point in your business, unless of course you're running a dropship business and you have zero inventory, um, where you pretty much, am, you're going to have to hire people. And so today's episode is really sharing my experience on, and my perspective on when and how to expand your team for an e-commerce business and some things that you should think about. So that next time you're thinking of hiring somebody, or if you're not even there yet, don't worry. This will hopefully give you some food for thought of when you can hire people and when you do and when you're ready, what to do next. So the first thing I want to talk about is um, like, how do you know when to hire somebody? Um, And as I talked about at the beginning, you know, my background is management consulting, e-commerce. I actually started Encircled, my fashion line, um, in, when I was working full-time. So I was working full-time as a management consultant. I was doing it on the side, primarily on weekends. I didn't really, really even have that much time on weekdays and weeknights um, because I was traveling so much for work and my job was quite intense. And I decided at that time, you know, I'm just going to DIY. I'm going to do it myself. I contemplated having a virtual assistant because I know that's a very um, typical inroad for starting a team is to hire somebody virtually to help you with your business. But it wasn't really for me at that time. I really wanted, what I was finding is that when I looked at my days and what was taking up the most time, the stuff that was taking up the most time was actually the stuff that was physically happening in my condo at the time where I was running the business out of. Um, so that's kind of where I'm going to start here. So when you are deciding whether or not to hire somebody or add somebody to your team or just get started with hiring a person in general, You need to look at what the key functions are in your company and how important they are. So if you're running a manufacturing business, so let's say you're making soap and selling it online, and maybe you're doing farmer's markets or flea markets or something like that, 
the key functions of your business are obviously going to be manufacturing. So like making that soap, if you're actually making it yourself, then that's a big function. So sourcing the ingredients, mixing the soap, you know, putting it into the molds, letting it cure, um, managing the inventory, making sure you have enough soap, um, and all the packaging of the soap and, you know, the graphic design of the packaging of the soap. Um, and then obviously like the shipping and fulfillment, like who's going to ship out that product physically, um, customer service. So who's going to help deal with questions from your website or returns or exchanges. You may not have that with soap, but, um, just for an example, and who's going to do all your marketing. So who is going to go on social media and do all these posts and all that kind of stuff. And then at a very high level, what person in the company is responsible for strategy and setting goals and driving to those goals? Now, if you're just starting off as a person, a team of one, and maybe you're full-time in your business or part-time, it can be very overwhelming. And the tendency, I think, for a lot of women is to just do all the things. So I'm going to do all the things. I'm going to be superwoman. I'm going to like package all the packages. Then I'm going to like do all the soap making. Then I'm going to answer all the emails. And the problem with this is that you can get into a cycle whereby, you know, you're going to work on the most urgent things, not necessarily the most important, but the most urgent. And those are typically getting out shipping orders and making product to fulfill demand. And then you're not going to really focus on marketing. So at some point, you know, you have to put some strategy into that and it's just going to die out and that can really slow your growth as a business. So the first thing I really recommend is looking at how you're spending your time. I used to do this all the time with actual corporate clients and consulting, but do a time analysis. So sit down and say like how much of my day is being spent on, you know, customer service, shipping, fulfillment, manufacturing, blah, 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 and do like a day in the life analysis for a week. It's really simple. Just grab a notepad. It doesn't have to be exact or a Google sheet and just write down and record how much time you're spending on each of these activities on a weekly basis. And then at the end of that time, you're going to add it up and see where you're spending most of your time. And if it's a function where you think that somebody could do it just as good as you and maybe paying somebody to do that would free up your time to do something more valuable, for example, then you need to hire. So what are functions like that? Well, if you're making something like soap, like, yes, I agree. It's really important to get the right balance, but can you teach somebody that? Yes. Lush, for example, Lush Cosmetics doesn't have their founder and CEO making soap still. You know, they came up with their formulations and now, you know, they have a ingredient or a recipe book or something that all the manufacturing workers follow to make the soap properly. So one thing is you have to kind of let go of that idea that, you know, only I can do this one task. Even if it feels like only you can, chances are you, the other people can do it. It's just you haven't spent the time or invested the resources into training them to do it. So have a look at your calendar, do that time and day analysis and think to yourself, like, what are the key roles in the business for scaling and growing the business? Because I'm assuming you're listening to this podcast because you want to grow your revenue and you want to grow your profits and you want to become more financially independent. Um, and look at that. And I can tell you that manufacturing is very important for sure. Having supply to meet demand is critical. Customer love, customer service, sorry, I call it customer love it encircled. Um, customer service, super important. But you know what's going to drive your business? The marketing, the branding, the strategy. That is where you need to be spending your time if you are trying to scale past, you know, a few thousand dollars a month in revenue. 
even markets. So if you are doing in-person markets, yes, it's nice for you to attend those, but even if you can find somebody to help you, because trust me, the worst thing as an entrepreneur is doing all the things and then burning out and not wanting to do any of the things. Uh, so first of all, like, like I said, like what are the key roles in your business? Write them down, identify how much time you're spending on each, and then identify like which ones could you outsource and start to brainstorm some ways you could outsource that. So how can you outsource that? Well, there's lots of options. So you could hire somebody full-time salaried for sure, or full-time hourly, but a much better way if you're just starting out is to get somebody on contract. So perhaps you can get somebody part-time hourly or a freelancer to work with you, or perhaps there's an intern program where somebody wants real work experience where you can have them in your, in your business helping you. Um, depending on where you're located and what type of business you have, there may be government grants or subsidies that can support some of this hiring wages. Um, but you have to also like have a look at your cash flow. So you have to understand how much you can realistically afford. So for many of you guys who are listening, I know you're just starting out. So, you know, it's best to stay on an hourly basis, get somebody part, part time, excuse me, flexible and have them, you know, come in and help you with shipping like twice a week for five hours a day. And that's 10 hours a week. And let's say you're paying the minimum wage, which in Canada is $14 an hour. Um, so $140 a week, um, times whatever, four weeks a month. So two eighty five sixty a month. So that's not like massive amounts of money. And just think of those 10 hours. If you have trained this person up and they're super independent, 10 hours of like marketing strategy or emails or, you know, brainstorming ideas or campaigns that could drive like 10 times the revenue. So, um, 10 times the cost of what that person is. So I really encourage you to look at your cash flow and look at your savings and see what you can afford. Um, if you're not cash flow positive in that you're not making money on a monthly basis, or maybe you're not paying yourself, this can be really painful. But you know what? This is also totally normal. I didn't pay myself in the business for at least two years, I think. Um, and when I did start paying myself and encircled, I paid myself minimum wage, not even. It was probably illegally minimum wage, full disclosure, because as an owner, you're not really covered by any, any sort of laws, but it wasn't the most money in the world, but it was just something to, that I started paying myself to get the business used to paying people basically. Um, but yeah, I think you need to look at your cash flow and how much you're making. So if you're not super experienced with what cash flow is, if even just talking about that, um, is giving you, um, anxiety, go back to a couple of episodes. That's episode five, the five tasks you need to outsource outsource first. We'll talk to you about, um, kind of the five roles I think are really important to outsource first. Um, I talk about e-commerce analytics. I talk about cash flow there and under episode 14, the five common entrepreneur stresses, I talk about cash flow again. But if you don't know what cash flow is, oh my God, we gotta get, we gotta get that going. You need to find somebody to help you with your books and help you do uh, monthly profit and loss statements. I think they're super important because you could be making all this profit in your business and just thinking that you're making no money and vice versa. And if you are making lots of profit in your business, you know, it's great to have profit early on in your business, but if your goal is to really scale this business, you should be reinvesting that profit back into the business by hiring people, uh, by investing in more inventory, um, investing in marketing campaigns, 
there is stuff you should be doing with that profit. I know that sounds super weird and the tendency would be like, oh, I made $2,000 in profit. I'm going to go to, you know, Mexico on vacation. And that's great. I do think you should treat yourself. But honestly, like I've been told in the past that like I shouldn't be running a huge profit in my business for the first like five to 10 years because that is a critical growth and scaling time. A business like Amazon makes no money because they are reinvesting all their profits back into everything from infrastructure to warehousing to their website. They are scaling their business and what that requires is reinvestment of your profits. So if you don't have um, somebody helping you with their books, look for somebody part-time that can help you. Maybe you can even trade with them to understand your cash flow because that is key to deciding when and how to expand your team. If you can't afford to pay people, you shouldn't be hiring them. I know that sounds obvious, but there's a lot of people who bring people on board and then have to fire them right away. You should be able to cover at least 90 days wages before bringing somebody on board. And I say that because it takes people a long time to get up and running and you don't want to invest all this time in people and then have them leave. So the other thing, how to expand your team. So assuming that maybe you have a few employees um, for you working for you already, and maybe you're not that person going from zero to one employee, which I think is a big step. Um, expanding your team is really kind of this art and a science. You have to assess like what's getting done, what's not getting done. Like what is the opportunity cost of all the things that can't get done because you just don't have enough people to do them um, and make assessments in that way. I can personally say that it's been just more of like a gut feel thing that when I work on expanding my team, I start to identify what areas are really core to the business. And then I see what's not being paid attention to and where I need to invest. Currently in Circles, we have 15 employees. Um, that includes four full-time summer interns right now who are paid, who are leaving at the end of the summer. Um, we're just bringing on a full-time salary production person. So they are coming on board. So we'll have 16 very shortly. And that expansion of that team was really, you know, we're six years old and encircled. So it was a process. I definitely, I only had for the first, uh, for the first, like almost like mm, half a year, I think I only had like one person working for me part-time. Then I scaled her up to full-time. So that's an easy transition you can make. You can hire somebody part-time and then ramp them up to full-time hours as you start to see the progress and as you start to see the return on investment from having more hands on board. The other thing you can do is you can bring people on in contract. So you can bring people on for like a 90-day contract and see how they do and then renew the agreement. Um, definitely check with your labor laws to make sure that that's totally kosher, But or working with freelancers is a great way to have hands on deck but not actually... Uh, take on the commitment of having an employee because having an employee um, is a commitment, especially where we live in Ontario. Um, you have to remit all kinds of stuff for the employees and pay, you know, workplace safety insurance board. There's all kinds of stuff and we offer benefits. Like there is a cost, a massive cost to having full-time employees. And so that's one tactic you can take. Uh, the other thing I will say is that, um, you know, you can expand your team too fast. Um, but I would say for the first like five hires, you'll probably see a lot of incrementality from hiring them. And you're not going to see this for every hire. I've had a couple of investors tell me that like if you, the more senior people you bring on, the less kind of ROI you see immediately on them. A lot of the ROI you see is when you bring on like, you know, somebody to help with shipping or customer service because like it's like a clear need when you're bringing on somebody more strategic at a higher level. 
the need isn't as clear and the solution and their impact is much longer term. So I encourage people not to always look at like, oh, is this person really quote unquote paying off by being hired by me? But to look more strategically at who you're hiring and if they focus, um, if they relate to your plans for growth. So as an example, um, you know, knowing when and how to expand your team, think about how you're going to expand your business. So if your plan is to expand your channels and perhaps one of those channels is in-person retail, like pop-up shops, for example, then you're definitely going to want to expand and find somebody in that role and make a lot of effort to that. And a lot of effort could equate, you know, investing money there, but generally you're probably going to need an actual person to help with that. You know, there's stuff that's like, non-negotiable with us. If we're an e-commerce business, you have to have people in shipping, receiving, customer service, et cetera, et cetera. For my business, I have to have people in manufacturing and quality control um, and design because it's very essential to the business. But you know, when you're looking at marketing, it should be driven by your strategy. So if you're not planning on doing email marketing, you shouldn't hire somebody in email marketing. If you're going to take the foot off of Facebook ads, then don't hire somebody in that area. Use your focus and your plans to drive your HR plan. And when I say HR plan, again, if you guys could see me, I'm using loose quotes because at this stage in your business, you probably really won't have an HR plan, but you should be aiming to figure out um, how much you want to spend on human capital, that is people, in a year. And one of the things I do, and I talk about it a little bit in my goal setting course, is I talk about setting, you know, annual goals for your sales, you know, if you're making your product, your cost of goods sold, and your people and your operating expenses. And this is really just at a high level. But inevitably, as your business scales, you will require more people. That's just the way it's going to go. Like I ran super lean with Encircled last year, pretty much too lean to the point where I burnt myself out. Um, and we decided to scale up quite noticeably this year. I think we have an additional six people. I think, uh, no, five people versus last year or yeah, six actually, sorry. Um, so that's a big leap, but you know, I want to grow the business really aggressively and I couldn't do it anymore with me doing everything related to marketing and getting so involved in like all the minutiae of pop-up shops and stuff like that. One of my biggest hires this year and best hires was my assistant. I hired an executive assistant slash studio manager and she does um, manage our studio, the leasing, the in-studio, she does overseas customer service, like shipping, ordering supplies. Like she manages my schedule. She helps with PR. Like she's been such an asset to the team because there were so many things just falling off the radar that I wasn't doing and keeping all the balls in the air. If you have a lot of energy right now and you're feeling like, yeah, I can do it all. Honestly, I felt that way too for a very long time. And I still feel like that sometimes, but like you will get tired and you will need help. And my goal here is to help you build a really sustainable long-term business. And the only way you can do that is with help. So don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to take on employees, but do the math, look at the numbers, make sure they make sense and use that to guide your team's expansion. All right. So that was my little ditty on when and how to expand your team. If you found value in this episode, let me know. Subscribe, rate, and review. If The more reviews you leave on this podcast, I know you probably hear that all the time. It makes such a difference to us as publishers because I do this for free. And I basically just want to share my knowledge because I always get asked coffee and I don't even have time to eat during the day. So this is my way to give back to you and help you take your 
you know, mini or micro business to over seven figures in the e-commerce world. Thanks for listening and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to Brave and Boss, the podcast. If you want to take your e-commerce brand to the next level, be sure to check out my website at christysumer.com, where you can find all the show notes, free resources, and blog posts and principles to help you grow your online store. You can also follow me at K-R-I-S-T-I-S-O-O-M-E-R on Instagram. Find your purpose, make it happen. I'll talk to you soon.